Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. He saw a woman in Timnah. And the interesting thing is, is this word means to gaze upon, to inspect, to give attention to. And I don't think I really need to explain it much more. And you understand what I'm saying. Samson, from what we know of his character already, he he saw her. He looked at her, but he didn't just look at her. You know there's a difference between a look. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Our scripture today says Samson saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. This seemed to be a case of love at first sight for Samson. He saw this woman, and he instantly wanted to marry her. As students of the Bible, we know that we are always tempted by the lust of our eyes and the lust of our flesh, which are strong temptation tools used by the devil to lead us into sin. We are no different than Samson when it comes to the lust of our eyes and the lust of our flesh. Now let's open our Bibles to the book of Judges, chapter 14, and follow along with Pastor Rob. Let's open up our Bibles to Judges, chapter 14, tonight. Judges, chapter 14. Last week we started this uh, seventh period. Uh, There are seven different periods of time in the book of Judges, and uh, we're at the seventh, um, seventh period, and it's during the life of Samson. And, and, and it's interesting that Samson has more, it seems that he's got four chapters really um, about his life and his ministry. And um, probably more so than any of the other judges, except for maybe, uh, I think the... Uh, Gideon would probably be the one that had uh, a little bit less real estate, if you will, in the Bible concerning him. But there's a lot here written about Samson, and it's interesting that it is Samson. Because Samson, we know, we we looked at last week at his birth in chapter 13. And uh, Samson, let me just summarize uh, chapter 13. It says, we we see a familiar phrase in, in chapter 13. It says, again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. So for 40 years, the Philistines were really um, persecuting and, and coming after the Israelites, and God raised up this, this young man named Samson, whom his mother and father, they were from the tribe of Dan, and his mother, actually, uh, prior to his birth, she was barren. She couldn't have any children. And then the angel of the Lord visited her, 
told her that she would have a child who would begin to deliver them out of the hand of the Philistines. And, and from his birth, from before he was even born, the Lord put upon him a Nazarite vow. And if you remember last week, we looked at what that Nazarite vow is. We, we read about it in Numbers chapter 6, and perhaps we'll look at it again tonight briefly. But um, he had this vow of a Nazarite on him, which means that he was consecrated to the Lord from birth. And there were other people like uh, Samuel and uh, John the Baptist, were other individuals in the Bible who had taken this vow of the Nazarite, and they had it from their birth, and Samson was one of those. And we see that at this time in, in Israel's history, it was not really a good time. It was a time of failure, really. It was a time of compromise. And that's why we see that familiar refrain. If it was a, if it was a song, the chorus of the song would be uh, chapter 13, verse 1, which is, again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of whoever it was. And that's just the, the roller coaster that we see in the book of Judges. And so it's an unfortunate thing. And, and now we, we come to a character whom the Bible says was a, a very sensual man. He was a very strong man, empowered by the Spirit of God. But Samson was a man who was supposed to be consecrated unto the Lord, but he was not a man who allowed really the Lord to do that completely in his life. He, he, he knew what God had um, his mother and father, I'm sure, shared with him from a very early age what the angel of the Lord spoke to, spoke to them about his life. And yet throughout Samson's life, and we'll certainly see tonight, that Samson doesn't really take it very seriously. To me, he's, a, he's a, 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 perhaps an excellent type of the Laodicean church. And what I mean by that is, a Laodicean church was a church that was lukewarm. It really didn't have a fervor for God. It was, it was a church that was by name only, but, but inside they were, just, they were neither hot, they were neither cold. And so Samson was this kind of in, individual that should have been uh, rising to the occasion and, and staying close to the Lord, but we actually see the opposite. We see him flirting around with, with wine and women and song, <laughs> all these things, Samson got into a lot of trouble. And so let's go ahead and, um, you know, and he was, uh, he was a very uh, uh, a gifted man uh, when the Lord was upon him. Some have said that Samson was bold before men, but weak before women. We know that that's one of, a, one of the traits of his and one of the traits of many men in our culture. And it's, uh, guys, this chapter tonight's going to hit you right between the eyes because it's not an easy chapter. Because I, in Samson, we can see much of ourselves, hopefully not much of ourselves, but in our culture, even in the church, there are men who are struggling. And um, it's really important that, guys, we really take a good look at Samson's life and learn every lesson and also, ladies, as we look in, in, in the book of uh, Judges 2 here in the lives of Samson, in the life of Samson, you can also see uh, some of the wives that he married and the things that they did. And it, it, there's, some, there's some lessons in there for you ladies as well. But it's very timely for the world that we live in, very timely for the culture that we find ourselves in. There's a verse in the Bible in Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. It says, Be sure... 
your sin will find you out. And this is also something else that is true of Samson. You know, Samson had, uh, he was a very passionate man, but in the end, it all caught up to him. It all caught up to him. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, all of these things really brought him to his end and brought him to destruction. And the Bible says also in Romans chapter 6, 23, one of our uh, verses that I would encourage you to memorize, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Notice a wage. A wage is something you earn. The wages of sin, what you get for sin is death. But notice, the gift of God is eternal life. Do you see the difference between a wage and a gift? A wage is something you earn. A gift is something that's given to you. I don't know about you, but I like the idea of receiving a gift, and it's a gift uh, through of eternal life, through Jesus Christ. I would much rather have that than have the wage of sin, which is death. Amen? Wouldn't you rather have that? And yet, Samson is in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, the great hall of faith that we know it to be, there are some really wonderfully faithful men and women listed in that chapter. And it says in verse 32, And what more shall I say, the author says, for the time would fail to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets. And so it's really amazing that Samson will be included in this hall of faith. And it also is encouraging to me that even Lot, Abram's nephew, was also included. And to think that these, these, these men, these believers, and yet they had these issues, very issues that were out on their sleeves. You know, sometimes our, our issues are underneath the skin. Nobody can see them, but some people wear them out on their sleeves like a Christmas tree. Do you, do you know people like that? You know, we can hide our own sin from everybody else, but it's still grievous to the Lord, isn't it? I can hide my sin from everybody else, and God can see right under the skin. He can say, oh, Rob, <laughs> you can fool everybody. You can fool everybody in the church, but I know there's an issue. And yet there are some where they just can't contain themselves. Their, their sin, whatever issue it is, is right out there for everyone to see, and everyone's going, oh, good grief, here, here he comes again, or here she comes again, right? But that's the way it is. Warren Wearsby, the, the late Warren Wearsby, he just passed away not too long ago, he said this about Samson. He said, Samson was a man of faith, but he certainly wasn't a faithful man. Very interesting. He was a man of faith, he, he demonstrated some things when the Spirit of God came upon them, but he wasn't a faithful man. And there's a lesson here for all of us, all of us tonight, whether male or female, but especially the guys because there's so much. So let's go ahead and read uh, chapter 14. Um, let me see. Let's just go ahead and actually get into it, okay? Uh, let's just start reading from the very beginning. Time doesn't permit us, so let's just read. Let's look in the first verse here. It says, Now Samson... He went down to Timnah, and he saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Pharisees. Now, Timnah is a city which is uh, just west, about four miles west of where Samson grew up in the town of Zorah. So there's Zorah, and then just a little bit to the, 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 the west uh, would be uh, four miles west in the Judean foothills is this little town called Timnah, and it belonged to the Philistines. 
belonged to the Philistines. But notice what it says, that he saw a woman in Timnah. And the interesting thing is, is this word means to gaze upon, to inspect, to give attention to. And I don't think I really need to explain it much more. And you understand what I'm saying. Samson, from what we know of his character already, he he saw her. He looked at her, but he didn't just look at her. You know there's a difference between a look. And all of you ladies have had the opportunity, unfortunately, to have somebody look at you and then to have somebody look at you. And guys... Every one of us in this room at some point have looked at a woman and then we've looked at a woman. There's a difference. And hopefully as we grow closer, hopefully since we've been saved, hopefully as we've become Christians, those looks either disappear or they are, we're getting closer and closer to the Lord and not giving in to those things because they do. They, they wear on us. But notice, he, he saw her and a woman in Timnah, of the daughters of the Philistines. I love what, what Job said in, his, uh, in the book of Job, verse, uh, chapter 31, verse 1. Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? And I think that's a really awesome scripture for every man to memorize and to emblazon on the front, to tattoo on the inside of their eyelids so that when they close their eyes at night, they see the scripture. <laughs> Job 31, verse 1. But we also know that Jesus had a lot to say about it too. Remember, he says, You have heard that it was said, this is in Matthew 5, verse 27, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And isn't that what Samson did? He didn't just look at her, he gazed at her, he studied her, he inspected her. And that's a very uncomfortable thing for any person to endure. But it's something that happens. And, and folks, it's, it's really important, guys. I would encourage you to take that. You don't have to make any vows to God, but I would encourage you to really think about that verse. Job 31, verse 1. And I would encourage you to really, with all that lies within you, to not be like Samson. As we read about him, we're going to see some character Uh, things of his character that we need to learn from. And ladies, I would also encourage you to consider even how you dress, the way you dress. You know that there's a difference. I've seen, you know, uh, my wife, she dresses very modestly. And there are women in the church that dress very modestly. and, 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 And then there are other women who don't dress modestly. And especially this time of year. And we have to be honest with each other, and we have to ask the hard question, who am I dressing for? You know, and as we look at Samson's life, you know, he was looking at her, and perhaps because she was a Philistine, she probably wasn't the most chaste of women. <laughs> she probably wasn't the kind of person who dressed very modestly, and thus he looked at her, and maybe she enjoyed it. And there, therein lies the rub, Right? Why is it that I do the things that I do? Ladies, why is it the way, you know, there's a difference. Dressing to be beautiful, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's, there's a line. And I think most women know when they cross that line. And husbands, we need to be very careful too that we don't dress in ways that stumble others. But notice, 
Samson, he, he saw a woman of, uh, in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Remember, the Phil- Philistines were a people, they were a non-Semitic people, which means that they did not come from the line of Shem. The reason why they call someone Semitic, uh, a, a Semitic person, is somebody who comes from the line of Shem. Remember Shem, Ham, and Japheth after the flood? They and their wives populated the earth, right? So every one of us comes from one of these three. Shem, Ham, or Japheth. It just so happens that the Jews and uh, many of the Arabs, they come from Shem, the line of Shem. But it just so happens that the Philistines come from the line of Ham. And it's written for us in Genesis chapter 10, verse 6. It says, The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. And then it goes down in verse 13, because I'm just going get to re- get right to the point here. Well, Genesis chapter 10 is called the Table of Nations. You can learn a lot from that. But in verse 13 it says, Mizraim begat Ludim and Anamim, Lahabim, Naphtuhim, Pathrusim, and Kasluhim, from whom came the Philistines and Kaphtorim. And if you look at an old map, you'll see that right underneath the island, uh, or right underneath Greece, there's an island called Crete. These people came from that island, and history tells us they went down to Egypt, and the Egyptians, they tried to overthrow the Egyptians. The Egyptians threw them out, so the Philistines went up the coast to modern-day Israel, and they settled on the coast. And the five cities, um, you know, Ashdod and Gaza and uh, Ashkelon, all those are uh, three, at least three of the five cities. We'll look at the other ones later. But they all settled there, and they became a perennial enemy of the Jews. They were idolaters. They were a seafaring people. They were wicked. They continued in their idolatry. They, were, they worshipped false gods. And so God was very bent on, um, uh, He was going to destroy them for their iniquity, for their sin. And that doesn't sound right today, does it? It bothers us. But let me suggest to you, it ought not to bother us. If God has a, if He chooses to bring judgment on any group of people, He has the right to do that. He has the right. Because of sin. When they refuse to turn, there is always a consequence for sin. We ought never to shy away from that. God is just. Man is unjust. But I know that God is just. Amen? And be encouraged in that because we're living in a world right now they don't even know what's right and wrong anymore. They will call what is good evil and what is evil good. We live in those days. So, verse 2, So he went and he went up there and he told his father and his mother, his mom and dad, they were from the tribe of Dan, as was Samson, and he says, I have seen a woman in Timnah. The same word here. Remember in verse 1, I saw. He saw a woman. He, seen, he, he has seen a woman in Timnah. It's the same exact word of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, mom and dad, go get her for me as a wife. Go get her. You know, he was totally off base. And we're going to look at in a few minutes why he was so off base. And then he demands that his parents go and fetch him, fetch for him this woman, this pagan, idolatrous woman. 
Verse 3, Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. You know, for Samson to marry the woman at Timnah was contrary to God's revealed will. And what do I mean by that? Turn with me to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. I have a feeling we're not going to get through this chapter tonight. But it's okay. Exodus chapter 34, beginning in verse 12. Notice what it says. God speaking to the Israelites. He says, Take heed to yourself, Exodus 34, verse 12, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going. Where you are going. Lest it be a snare in your midst, but you shall destroy their altars, you shall break down their sacred pillars, you shall cut down their wooden images, for you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Boy, that's another word we don't like. In our culture, the word jealous means, you know, when we think of jealous, we think of a man who's full of rage. And to think that God is jealous for you, I I don't know about you, but that, that touches my heart to think that He loves us so much that he is fierce about his love for you. And isn't that the real, uh, the real bottom line of any man toward a wife or a man toward a girlfriend, for instance, when, when he sees another man looking at his wife, and maybe he's even better looking than the husband is. And then maybe the wife looks over and goes, wow, he's got, he's got a full head of hair. Skinny jeans. The guy's got like... Everything is just like, you know, these nice little you know, thin frame glasses. He's driving a Harley Davidson on Wednesdays. Then the Aston Martin on Thursdays. <laughs> but notice, but God is a jealous God. And he says, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they play the harlot with their gods and make sacrifice to their gods. And one of them invites you, and, and you eat of his sacrifice, and you take of his daughters for your sons, and his daughters play the harlot with their gods and make your sons play the harlot with their gods. And so this is exactly what is happening with Samson. He's looking at this, this woman who's from a, a, a race of people whom God has pronounced judgment upon. And he is in love with her, or in lust with her. Big difference, right? Love and lust. Our culture doesn't know the difference. Hollywood doesn't know the difference. They call love, love is a big paintbrush. It's a big swath. But most of the time it just means lust. You know, real love is something that's really wonderful to watch. And we used to be to a, 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 an elderly couple used to sit right there, actually, Rick and Bunny Marini. They were both in their 90s. They're both home with the Lord now. But I remember years ago them sitting here. And uh, I remember um, after the service, they'd get up, and after all those years, they'd been married for like over 65, I think 69 years they were married. And here I am, you know. They'd been married, you know, two decades longer than I've been alive. And I see them hold hands and walk out together. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, just the way he treated her and the love that he had for her. It was a decision. It was an act of the will. It wasn't, you know, I've seen pictures when they were both young and they were both outstanding. You know, he was a pilot in World War II and both of them looked dynamite 
you know, both of them just really beautiful looking people when they were, you know, I mean physically when they were younger. And as we get old, we know the flower fades, right? At least on the outward flower, the inward flower continues to grow. And yet such a wonderful uh, exemplary showcase they were to us, to me. But notice what happens in, 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 uh, in 2 Corinthians. What does it say in chapter 6? Uh, let me just read it to you for the sake of time. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Judges. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.